3: Welcome to today's Big Squid Podcast. My name is Justin Hamilton and you're tuning into part two of Big Squid Live. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. A reminder that this is part two of our live extravaganza that was originally filmed in Adelaide, South Australia at the Rhino Room. A big thank you to Craig, Mick and all of the team at the Rhino Room for making the night run nice and smooth. You need things to run smoothly behind the scenes so you can make all the stuff on the stage work. So thank you very much for all your time and effort, guys. Uh, look, you don't have to listen to part one first. You could listen to this part first. It doesn't matter. But if you want to do it in order, that episode is already up and it has Rove, Ben Elwood, author Garth Jones, musician Georgia Mooney and Adam Spencer as my guests. Today's episode has Tom Gleason, the fabulous Adam Richard, Limo, Mickey D and a big music ending. <laughs> yes, uh, as I said in the last podcast If you're an old school fan of my work from the 90s You might even recognise who the guest is And possibly even the song Yes, I dug right back into my history to uh, bring this one out And it's uh, it's fun, anyway uh, If you're wondering how this came to be I recently turned 50 You might not be across that And... Uh, you know, anyway, I had a birthday celebration on the 17th in Adelaide. It's very funny, isn't it? 50. Like, you're probably thinking, yeah, man, you you, you look 50. But to be honest, um, I'm not necessarily certain I feel it. But uh, anyway, we had a party in Adelaide on the 17th and I looked at who was coming over and I just kind of threw it out there. Do you want to do a live show? And that's how we ended up with this lineup of people all together on a random Friday night in Adelaide that wasn't the Fringe. And uh, just so you know, uh, I didn't want to make a fuss about my birthday. Like, the party was my birthday, and the show was the show, and I didn't want anyone to really mention my birthday. But for people who were there on the night... uh, (laughs) Look, we finished the show, and then Adam Spencer went out and gave an impromptu speech, and I dropped... A last line that might be the funniest thing that I've said all year. But you know what? Sometimes the best jokes of the night stay in the room. And we were not recording at that point. So maybe, you know, if you see me after a gig or something and you ask me, I'll gladly tell you (laughs) what was said. But um, anyway, comedy. Uh, There is also a mild glitch in this episode, and when I say a mild glitch, um, I had to edit a certain person's comment, Uh, once again in the room, uh, the fabulous Adam Richards said something, and it was funny, but I thought, you know what, I don't need the pain that might come from publishing this, so I took it out, so there will be a little moment where you think, oh, it's what just happened? And then there'll be jokes off the back of it. And once again, if you see me in the street, if you come to my shows and you ask me afterwards, I will gladly tell you what he said. But I could not endorse it by publishing it on the podcast. God damn it, Adam Richard. You make my life so hard sometimes. Don't get me wrong; he's one of my closest friends. But god damn it, I had to remember it was there. I had to, I had to yell out to Craig Egan, "Hey, remind me that he just said that." You hear all of that in the podcast. <laughs> I left all of that part in, but uh, I really had to take it out. And then uh, when I was putting this together, because I do all the, you know, producing and the editing, I had to make sure. Oh, yep, that's out. But anyway, live—it's just nothing like it, really. Okay. After the podcast, I'll give you details on when and where you can see me live next. But for now, let's kick off with part two of Big Squid Live in Adelaide. All right, we're going to bring out our next two guests. They're both from Adelaide, they're two of my oldest friends. Please welcome to the stage Lemo and Mickey D. The tree. The tree. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah, mate. Like look at you. Like I've known you for so long and you just really fucking went for it with the hair, didn't you? Why like, not? Yeah. On know? the top and on the face. Yep. And, and uh, somehow he's the one who looks more like a pedophile. <laughs> we actually <laughs> Who
4: knew? My, we my plan. actually,
2: we swapped hair earlier. Oh, did you? The, Mickey, this was Mickey's mohawk <laughs> oh, earlier right, tonight.
3: yeah.
2: And that was my moustache.
3: Right. It looks great. Been great to be able to did change that up.
2: Mickey's hair looks like you could just rip it off.
3: Yeah. Be like the
2: ultimate closer from a stripper.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merkins for everyone. <laughs> Can you remember uh, young Mickey D when we were uh, at the old Bolts Cafe? Yes. And uh, the chi (laughs) coming in at... How old were you when you first started stand-up?
4: Oh, about 17 and a half.
3: Yeah, right. Oh, shit, I was... Can you say 18? Because I was serving you drinks. (laughs) You know...
4: <laughs> but it wasn't a full beer. So no. Because right? you topped it up with Quantro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what Quantro was. I just thought, oh, Carton Draft tastes like citrus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked yeah. you. That's how you
3: showed affection to yeah. someone. you, there you, you go. put a shot of Quantro in there. And their then beer.
4: don't drive for a week. It's like, I don't have a license.
2: <laughs> but you know he was young because he still keeps halves in his age. Right. 17 and a half? Yes. Which
4: is I, like... I dug out that six months. That was the worst six months of my life.
2: Mickey, when we were first at Rhino Room, right? I, you know, We loved Mickey and he was fucking hilarious straight away. And Mickey came down each week and used to love the shows. And I had a bit of material about smoking pot, right? Yeah. And we <laughs> people laughing because I'm just not a, like, that was a really brief period of my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From More of a heroin guy now, yeah, right? <laughs> and
4: <laughs> hence the long sleeves. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's just fucking,
2: and <laughs> and I did this bit where I pretended I, I used to. Say, my joke was I used to say you can tell when you're really stoned when you get to the second half of a sentence and you've already forgotten the first half of the sentence, right? right? And I did this thing where I would improvise and I'd talk about taps, right? What's going on with taps? Anyway, it was fucking hilarious. I went through the whole joke, right? And <laughs> Anyway, the next <laughs> week, Mickey turns up, right, and he goes, oh, I got your present. I said, what's that? And he fucking hands me a tap, <laughs> right? But it's not a tap that's been bought at Bunnings. It's a tap that he's gone to his neighbour's front yard with a hacksaw and
4: sawed off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tap. Yeah. And he's handed me his neighbour's tap. He, he's still unhappy. <laughs> right, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I should have really shut the mains off too. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, was a that was that was the mistake. It was. Yeah. Yeah. You never had to water those bulbs again though. No. But that, uh, that garden's still blooming. Yeah. I'm
2: still, if he wants it back, I've still got the tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs>
4: Do
3: you remember the first time that you saw Limo? Was it at Bolt or was it on? Yeah. The TV yeah look, I
4: finished. Uh, I finished high school. <laughs> and. <laughs> and Thank you. Uh, no, th- no, no, no. Yeah. So, all so right. right, don't no. blow him up. He's fine, <laughs> no, mate. Fucking so, All right. It we eight... all nearly finished high school, mm. it mate. Was a- it, was ages <laughs> it was ages ago. I've done other stuff since. Uh, but the formal lessons finished, and we we're meant to be studying, but instead I went to see my first ever stand-up comedy set, and Limo's just come back from gigging in London, and you're on fire, and I was losing my mind, and I was, you know, I was there with my two high school mates, Alex and Roman, and I'm gone this life is fucking awesome. And, and then Lima's gone, what's that, mate? I've gone, oh, fuck, he can hear me. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to get him a tap. <laughs> Later that night. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Man, that is hilarious. The uh, were, you, were you into comedy as a kid or what was the thing that mm. really kind of kick-started this?
4: I think the first time I ever saw a stand-up comedy set, it was... Uh, I was on a cruise ship with my family, family holiday. was about eight. Right. Yeah. And I saw some dude enter the talent contest with new stuff, and it was just destroying. And I'm like, "Wow, that's the first time." I was about eight, but I grew up in a pub, yeah. So I'd seen random shit from way too early, and the pub was on an army base. So, I... wow. Yeah. One Thursday night, I saw. I hear this from my room, and I walk downstairs, and I hear this. Ah! Oh! Fucking! Ah! Yeah, and i oh, fuck it, it's Thursday. And I walk downstairs and I, I see a bloke with a dart hanging out of his arm uh, and he's chasing after a guy who threw it at him. And it's like... Right. I'm like, yeah. And that's how
3: you met Chris Franklin. So, <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> but mum and dad
4: were always uh, downstairs running the business and yeah. you know, I lived, lived upstairs. So uh, the VHS. It was, oh, it was yeah. always across the road to the video hire place. And you know, the police academy one week, uh, police academy two the next week. You know, <laughs> you gotta space it out, and that get you through winter. You know,
2: what was your what was your what's your pick of the franchise? The police oh, academy look, franchise. Oh look, it had
4: to be citizens on patrol. Yeah, you know, yeah. the bones yeah. brigade are in there. Yeah. you know, it's the first time you really see some character development in Zed. Yeah, you know, G <laughs> 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 made you know, it's the Godfather 2
3: of the Police Academy <laughs> franchise. Yeah,
4: <laughs> no, I get that.
3: Mission to Moscow for you? Oh, Where does no, that sit? It kind
4: of lost me there. When Mahoney left, uh, <laughs> you know, Steve... Nah, that was peak Steve Guttenberg. Now, yeah. and seriously, uh, and this is before, you know, having a physique in a comedy film was essential. And and Guttenberg really brought it early on there. And, and if any, any true Police Academy fans will recognise Police Academy 1, he's uh, the leading layman in the film was Kim Cattrall. Oh, I'm so lonely. And <laughs> look, you remember these things... ...and yeah. the, the line that he said, and, and you look back... ...it hasn't aged overly well. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I need
3: to tell you something here and now. It didn't age well at the time either. <laughs> no, I thought that
4: was real life. I was like, hey, going, I'm going to join the police. Because you can just randomly say, hey, show us your thighs. Right. What a weird thing to say in a film back then.
3: Well, it was ironic as well because the first time I saw Steve Gutenberg, and you're the right age for this, when the Village People's Can't Stop the Music came out. <laughs> and I, at the time, you remember, I didn't know anything about that fucking banana split situation I was telling about <laughs> earlier. And uh, I went and saw that movie and I thought, mate, that construction worker gets all the ladies. And, <laughs> but Steve Gutenberg is in it and in the movie... He's wearing a crop top and denim shorts on roller skates and he's rolling through the city and it's, uh, listen to the sounds of the city, listen to the sounds of my life. And uh, that's where I first saw Gutenberg, with the thighs. And then he ends up being Mahoney, then he's in... uh, uh, three men and a baby I want to his better turns yeah. that you explains
2: know? why the first time I ever saw you on stage yep. you're in those tight denim yep. shorts yep. and the cut off <laughs> shirt with the
3: roller skirt. I yeah, was yeah. the Steve Gutenberg down under experience <laughs> I was uh, I was a Steve Gutenberg <laughs> Cover band mm-hmm. and uh, did remarkably well, actually. Yeah, but the uh, so what was it? Was it just uh, was it just comedies, or you know, you've got uh, your hands yeah. on the VHS? Are you watching horror movies? What like what, what are you getting you into?
4: Whatever was coming through. I remember one of the turning points was Michael Keaton in, in Beetlejuice. I reckon it was okay. like eighty nine or ninety. Yeah, mm. when that came out, oh man, I was straight downstairs in the front bar just acting out Beetlejuice. You know, like a nine year old. <laughs> Kick over the bar still goes nice, fucking model, you know, (laughs) because it was awesome. Because back then, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. in the late 80s, 90s, that you know, memes were quotes from films people recognize, you know. Yeah, you said the memes, you just straight out loud, you know, like uh, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Yep, you know, Jaws. Did that kill in the bar? (laughs) No, people were going, What's wrong with this kid? (laughs) 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 We're we're in a bar,
3: where's the boat?
4: (laughs) Hey, it's like, is he quoting Jaws? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do
2: you, have you showed your favourite movies to your kids now?
4: Yeah, look, um, Porky's 2 is, uh, Again, is a hard watch for a five-year-old. The
2: pick of the franchise. It yes. is. It, it is.
4: is. It's yeah. before it was repetitive. But, yeah. It's
3: know. the Top Gun Maverick of the Porky <laughs> series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lost really their way with Porky's Three. Really oh yeah, itself, Mate. you know, Jump. Revenge
4: of the Nerds was another one. That yep. was a classic, you know. And then yeah. Revenge of the Nerds Two. It's, it's often hard to back up. You yeah. Know? Does any mm. you know does anyone remember uh, you know what came after uh, Oasis's first album? No.
2: Well, their
3: second album.
4: Well, yeah. But <laughs> Was <laughs> well, this some
3: kind of Fucking mathematical joke again I just dealt with Adam Spencer I mean I don't mean to get well, I'm, I'm Weird to on you me, Mickey
2: But definitely maybe It was the first album And what's the story Morning Glory Was the second album Which was the big one
4: uh, Really I have to read But no one everything. remembers The third album What was that I have
3: fucking no idea Good point <laughs> I got very drunk with Noel Gallagher once. He was Did a fucking you? delight. He was really funny. We, yeah. uh, I ended up in this situation where we just got hammered and... Uh, I hang, hang, hang on. Yeah. I was
4: hang just on.
3: being hammered and he said, who are you, you cool guy? And I went, hammer. You yeah. can't
2: start the story at we were getting hammered. Where the fuck were you? So and how were you, you know, with all due fucking respect, <laughs> how were you hanging out with Noel Gallagher? It's a yeah. good
4: fit. Right, yeah, no, it's
2: a good fit, but I want to yeah. know how it happened well, and how the fuck I missed out.
3: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> it's now we me. get it. Yes, yes. Well, uh, uh, so he'd uh, I was mates with someone from Neighbours and he was a Neighbours fan and invited them to the show. And Who was she, the Neighbours person? Uh, Madeline West, and right. Madeline God. West invited. Uh, Terry Siakas and me and we went along and we hung out mm-hmm. and he walked out into the back room and, and Madeline said oh, these are my friends blah 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 and he just without missing a beat he looked at me and went who's your favourite artist and I did not fucking waver I went David Bowie and he went Nice, And then we were, <laughs> I mean, it was like the best thing I could have said at that precise moment. Oh, then man. he just said, right, we're getting hammered. I've always wanted to buy some comedians some drinks. So then he's buying us drinks and hanging out. And he was telling his, these stories. He was really actually quite self-effacing. We, we were trying to encourage him to go to Fitzroy karaoke to sing uh, Blur's song too. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Terry and I were really onto him we're like come on let's do it it'll be great and he said I'm not going to do it for two reasons I like, oh what's that the first reason is I'll do it fucking better we are like no Gallagher <laughs> and he said, he said the second the paparazzi will get me and I said the paparazzi will get you would will be in fucking Fitzroy he said you don't understand my life he said I was at a Bucks party that I didn't really want to go to And I'm at this Bucks party and everyone's watching the strippers and I was just at the bar mining my own business and then there was a little person there and this uh, Uh, little guy was talking about how strong he was and they were having a nice conversation and the little person said uh, I'm like much stronger than you and Noel (laughs) said how strong are you? (laughs) He said I could carry you on my shoulders up these stairs and Noel's like no you couldn't. He said yes I could. He said he's a hundred pounds if you can do it you can have this hundred pounds so he gets on this little person's shoulders (laughs) and he goes up the stairs but at the second to top step he trips and they fall out the doors and then the paparazzi are taking photos and then suddenly (laughs) the next day all through the rags it's like like, Oasis thing, it comes out on dwarf's shoulders. So <laughs> it
4: was just a night like it's that. Pretty specific headline, yeah, too. Yeah, they've, yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> they've really captured that context. You, you wouldn't have predicted that one. Did you see the Liam
2: Gallagher story
4: today? No. Liam Gallagher,
2: it was it, someone was asking about crazy things to do as a rock star, and he admitted that once he ordered up to his room from room service a trampoline. Right. All right. <laughs> and I thought, what a Fucking, fuck, it'd be great to be a rock and roll star. Right. Just, or like, I don't know, like a trampoline indoor, there's inherent issues with an indoor trampoline, but I, just to be able to do that. Mate. You know, fucking Billy Idol once, right, in Bangkok, it's a true story, right, was in his hotel room for like two weeks, racked up a bill of 250 grand, and they, they wanted to kick him out, he wouldn't leave, they had to get the Thai army to fucking remove him from the hotel room. <laughs> right. And it just made me go, I want to fucking be Billy Idol.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Instead, you have uh, toured Iraq wearing henna tattoos uh, with, oh, and yeah. shared a room with who?
2: I did, yeah. So I was in. So how did this started? I was in Thailand with my girlfriend at the time, and we were on the beach, and someone was coming down the beach doing henna tattoos. I don't have any tattoos, and she said, "Why don't you get a henna tattoo? See how it looks." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea." Right.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so agreeable. And uh, so I get this henna tattoo around here that's in Thai writing. And after this woman does it, I say, what does it say? And she said, it says, I love Thailand, right? So I've got this henna tattoo. They last for about a week, 10 days, right? Two days. The next day, we fly back to Australia. The day after that, I fly to Iraq to do shows for the troops. My roommate in Iraq for two weeks is Angry Anderson, right? (laughs) Who is tattooed. From fucking neck to wrist to ankle with fucking beasts and warlocks and fucking dragons and shit. I've got one tattoo, it's henna and it says I love Thailand. <laughs> right. <laughs> My fucking credibility was out. The <laughs> <war>. <laughs> oh that's so yeah wasn't exactly the fucking hard man greeting I wanted with Angry Anderson. The, uh, but the, we bonded, Angry and I, on that trip. We, we oh, got on like a fucking house on fire. I'm sorry to hear that. It's, the, weird. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird seeing... Man, seeing Angry Anderson, right? Like, so we were sharing rooms and we were staying... It's such a fucking such a weird thing, right? We're staying in one of Saddam Hussein's old palaces, right? In Baghdad, okay... And we're sharing a room, me and Angry Anderson. Yeah. We've got a little fucking ensuite off to the side, right? Yeah. And then I'm laying in bed and he's like getting, getting out of the shower. And I just watch him walk out of the ensuite <laughs> just with silk boxer shorts, right? And all these fucking tattoos. And I'm just looking at him thinking, like, what the fuck is going on with this world? You, you, I'm in Saddam Hussein's fucking palace yeah.
3: dude, with Angry
2: Anderson. <laughs> and he's in silk boxer shorts and I'm fucking. And I've got a boner. Like, yeah, why?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's awkward. Why are
2: all these things happening? Yeah,
4: That must have been the commemorative slippers. Yeah.
3: Because <laughs> You know, the only thing that would have made it better is if you'd found one of Saddam's old VHS tapes and you put it in, and there's him singing karaoke and singing Bound for Glory. Like, that's... <laughs> you, you know, one thing he hated on that trip, right? And uh, he was amazing, angry,
2: performing for the troops. Uh, but... We know him in Australia from Rose Tattoo, right? And Bound for Glory and all these fucking great heavy rock songs. Sure. In England, (laughs) right, you know what he's famous... Let him in.
4: Let him in your heart.
2: I am. He will fit. Yeah, he (laughs) In England, right, he's fit. You notice I'm fucking patting off all the sledges from that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what he's famous for in England? No. Singing Suddenly When Jason and Carly Got Married on Neighbours. yes. So here he is who's sung all these fucking great hard rock hits.
3: <laughs> Every British troupe that saw him is like, oh, my God, I love Suddenly on Neighbours. <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> You've been a music fan uh, for quite a while and uh, it started off at a pretty young age, right? Uh,
2: yeah, it was uh, Sesame Street. Was yep.
4: re- 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 yeah, re- right. Se- re- One.
3: started for me. Two. My name is Fred. <laughs> My name is Fred, and
2: when <laughs> I go I like to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the, bit, the, the one I want to talk about tonight... Yeah. For me... Yes. Right. Elvis Presley, the fucking king, right? So it's not, it's not like fresh news to love Elvis Presley, right? Right. But the 68 comeback special is oh. the one... That is one of the fucking... Like, if, if an alien landed and said, what is... What's cool? What's fucking cool? No one's ever been cooler than Elvis Presley on the 68 comeback special... Leather head to toe, yeah, and that motherfucker just fucking brings it. Like, if you don't get a tingle in your pants, male or female, watching Elvis Presley at that comeback special, then you're not living. He is, and what I extra love about that, he's been off for seven years making movies, right. right? This is his comeback. Yeah. And he was kind of became a joke. Everyone's like, now we've got the Beatles and the Beach Boys and the Rolling Stones now. Elvis is like a fucking old man. Yeah. And he's a joke. You know how old he was at the comeback special? No. He's fucking 33. Oh, jeez. Right. Oh, right. right. And he'd been oh, written yeah. off as a boring old man, right? And uh, he was 33. He had been making films for seven years and he came back and the last movie he made before his... He made some good films, right? Made 32 films. and he Wait made a s- minute. Like, I've already he made put some up with fucking good films. Shoot, Fuck bro. off, <laughs> what? He made some good films. Really?
4: <laughs> yes. Yes. It was oh Police God. Academy 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come on. He was... Yeah. He, <laughs> he helped Lieutenant Huxley and a drive. Yeah. <laughs> he was there. But the last movie, right, and I'm not
2: even making this up, the last movie he made before the comeback special was a movie called Stay Away Joe,
4: right? What was it about?
2: Where he played a... Go- yeah. <laughs> he, played a, he played a Navajo Indian. Oh, yep. Right? So this is problematic as shit, right? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. And he had to uh, raise uh, breed these cattle to save his Navajo fucking Elvis Navajo yeah. Like, What the fuck, right? And he had to and he had this uh, this bull that he had to breed, and the bull and this is not uh, this is true, I'm not making up. the bull turns out to be gay
3: right. in the film,
2: right A so gay he can't bull breed so right. to raise money to save. They have to do bull ri- the bull riding. Everyone has to come pay money to bull ride and he bull Anyway, it's a fucking disaster. It's his worst film by a mile. And his career's in the toilet. And then he comes to do the comeback special. No one wants it. NBC says, fuck it, we'll take a risk on it. Colonel Parker wants him to do Christmas songs because it's a Christmas special. He says, I'm not singing fucking Christmas songs. I'm going to be fucking Elvis Presley. right? And he dresses himself in leather from fucking head to toe. And he sings his classics. And he sings the fucking gospel songs that he wants to sing. And he delivers an hour of the most beautiful fucking television you've ever seen was the highest rating show of the year and it just fucking launched Elvis back and it reminded everyone, fuck your bands, fuck all your bullshit, fuck yep. me being old, I'm the coolest cunt on the planet and you can all get fucked. Right. And it was amazing. Right. right. And if you haven't seen it, what have you been doing with your life? Go and watch the comeback special, but put it into context first and remember... That everyone had written him off. They all said he was an old man. They all said he was shit. But he came back and he dominated that thing. And he was 100% himself. He spent seven years being other people, trying to be famous, trying to please other people. And he came back and he was himself. And he was the greatest thing ever.
4: Yeah, but how... how did the film end? <laughs> yeah. You know? I'll tell you how the film
2: ended, yeah. right? The yeah. film ended, no one could ride the bull and then he rode the bull at the end and he fucking rode... Uh, oh. he fucking
4: Classic Elvis. <laughs> Classic Elvis. Yeah.
3: Fucking <laughs> yeah, Joe Little Cloud saved the tribe. Yeah. That's <laughs> did you go and see the movie? Sorry? Did you go and see the movie? The Baz Luhrmann movie? The Baz Luhrmann Yes, yeah. I did. Yes. Were you? Did you go in being a little bit, if this guy doesn't get it fucking
2: right, there's going to be nah, a right? No, nah, no. Nah. I went in going, this is a Baz Luhrmann film, so yeah. it's going to be uh, a, a Baz Luhrmann film. And it was a fucking Baz Luhrmann <laughs> film. Yeah. And it was great.
4: But the, the Elvis 68 comeback special was still quite ahead of its time and artsy, you know, for want a better description. Because it yeah. was like... Uh, his, there's a couple of sets, but then on the Blu-ray version, um, and I know it's Blu-ray because I, I accidentally bumped my Blu-ray player and knocked <laughs> Elvis 68 Comeback Special onto 1.5 speed, and it is the best thing I've ever seen. You know, Elvis—he's not—he's not entirely Alvin from the Chipmunks, but he's leaning in there. <laughs> you know, I had to rewind it a bit because I didn't know what's what is he? Moustache What is he? What is he? Oh, he's all shook up. because <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit money. Like, Show go, no, don't you step up, blue suede <laughs> no, no. shoes? Really jerky like that. You yeah. Know.
3: So he's talking about it being an hour-long special, and you're going, no, mate, it's twenty-three minutes. You know? Yeah.
4: I. Had, what are you talking about? You know, I had places to be. But during the '68 comeback special, all of a sudden, it cuts to this black dude doing an interpretive dance. Tell me you've seen the full version as well, because I this actually is in the middle of the show. It just cuts to okay, we're gonna do some interpretive dance now while they reset mm. the stage.
2: And that was the inspiration for Porky's three.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck it all comes together. <laughs> it really does.
4: Yeah, it feels like that. All right, round of applause for Lebo, Mickey D. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Thanks.
3: All right, we are going to bring out our final uh, guest this evening before we have to do the corporate sellout. So I'm still really sorry about that. Please welcome to the stage the fabulous Adam Richard and the hardest shit Tom Gleason.
5: Yes. What is this mess?
3: Yeah, well, Limo's been here. Oh, well, well, <laughs> Limo did. <laughs> so uh, thanks for uh, still being here. Like this show started uh, last Thursday, and yes. uh, we're still going. But we knew this was going to happen. It's good to have you both here. You you actually work on Heart Quiz? I do. This is my boss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's he like as a boss?
5: He's the best person who ever lived. <laughs> so amazing. No. Um. <laughs> should I tell this story or not? Um, yeah, if you want to. Uh, at work. Uh, the boss
1: is drinking even though the employee doesn't. <laughs> I deny those allegations. I'm a cunt in
3: person. Yeah. The worst, the absolute worst. And can someone remind me to edit this? <laughs> You know, this bit will be in it as well. The bit where I get you to remind me. He was referring to the Hills Hoist. Yes. Oh, yes. yes.
5: The man who invented the Hills Hoist. Yes. Very, like, a tyrant. Horrible, yes. 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 horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Very Hills difficult hoist. when he yeah. was in yeah. the media. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. The... <laughs> I know, I
5: said that in his hometown. He'll, it'll get back, won't yeah, it? It will get yes. back.
3: Don't you worry about that. <laughs> They're ready to go. Uh, what's it like having Adam as uh, someone uh, underneath you, metaphorically?
5: <laughs> Matron! <laughs> Oh, Oh, look at that. Thank you. There they go. (laughs) Oh, hang on. (laughs) These fucking
3: Logie winners, they stick together, (laughs) don't they? Oh,
1: wow. Thank you very much. That's such a thrill to receive this from a gold Logie winner who won it sincerely, (laughs) as opposed to me.
5: (laughs) I mean, look, you did point out on the night, Tom, that you had the highest rating show of anyone that was nominated.
1: They don't like that, do they? No. <laughs> and by that,
5: I mean facts. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the truth, the popularity
3: truth. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, yeah, people forget that... Uh, and, and this is quite interesting. I, uh, when I've talked to some people, they have no idea that uh, you actually hit fame at a point that they have no idea about, so, to an extent where you were a pin-up in TV Week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, like, I've, I've talked to people who say, oh, fuck, I love Tom Gleason, I'm his biggest fan. And I said, uh, were you a fan of the Australian Fastballer? And they go, what? And then you say to them, you haven't seen it, and then the first thing, if you Google it, the first one that comes up is when you take the cat out of the tree <laughs> and they are shocked. They have, it's just this thing that was this big popular moment in time that they've somehow missed and then have found you now. Do you have that happen often? Do you have people coming up fucking going, wait a minute, or... No, everyone's forgotten. Yeah, A long time ago that I was the Australian
1: fast bowler. But in its prime, I remember being in Adelaide, and this is when I realised it might have connected (laughs) as a concept. I was at the uh, Austral... And I was out the back having a quiet beer before a stand-up show uh, at the old Rhino Room. Yep. And I'd walked uh, through, the only way to get from the back bar to the front bar was through this, uh, there was a private function going on. And it was full of men in their early 20s, and they went, Oh, it's Australian fast bowler! (laughs) They're all going, How you going, mate? How's that? On your way back to the (laughs) balloon? And I couldn't get out of that room for an hour. I was being manhandled by people who were 10 years younger than me. (laughs)
3: What, extraordinary. extraordinary. Uh, where was the inspiration from that? Like, was that uh, just throwing ideas around or was that something that you'd played around with on stage or...?
1: I oh, know. well, when I started doing skid House for Channel 10 and uh, Rove was my boss, mm-hmm. uh, we did a pilot and I watched the pilot back and I wasn't really in it. I just didn't really... I, I think I was a... I was, a I, I was just not there and I thought, I've got to do something so that I retain my position in this show <laughs> and get invited back to the series. So I thought, I've got to do something desperate and i like playing cricket and i thought the idea of saying how's that in the wrong situation would be funny Yeah, because that's all sketch shows are doing the wrong thing in the wrong place yeah oh don't say how's that where a funeral you know oh. yeah so i pictured i'm at a funeral how's that that's funny <laughs> oh it needs more <laughs> and i kept on imagining myself going how's that in like you know like at a mat- at a wedding oh shit or in front of the pope and i'm and like, it's not working and then i realized once i clicked onto the idea that oh what if I'm Dennis Lilly, but I'm Superman? Yeah. And that's when it all came together. <laughs> yeah. So instead of, uh, oh, look, up in the air, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. It became, oh, look, it's the Australian fast bowler. Yeah. And then I'd turn up and the bowl the cat out of a tree. Yeah. That's what Superman did when he first <laughs> yeah. he got a cat out of a tree. Yeah, 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 So that's what I based it on. And I thought it was very original until years later, I was watching Paul Hogan's... Uh, sketch show yeah. on VHS because I was reminiscing because <laughs> I loved it as a kid. And while I'm watching it, I'm like, this is not as good as I remember it. Uh, it rem- it's like Benny Hill, but instead of Benny Hill, it's Paul Hogan. Yeah. And the jokes are even more obvious. Yeah, And then in the middle of it, there's a sketch where they do the World Series cricket at war. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's uh, Paul Hogan dressed as Dennis Lilly, And I'm like, fuck, that's the Australian fast bowler. Right. <laughs> I've been stealing Crocodile Dundee shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he bowled a grenade. I'm like, I think I did that on Skid Yes)
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He called someone a pofter. I also did that. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that's a really funny clip that I want to put online, but I can't do it because I can't deal with younger people telling me that I can't say pofter. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but the Australian fast bowlers from the 70s. Yeah. And so to be authentic to that, I hate to break it to you, but this superhero is homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. Well, I don't want to assassinate any characters, but I've met Dennis Lilly and he, he's a bit old fashioned.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he you know, is.
3: Were you a fan of The Paul Hogan Show?
5: Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Do you remember that there was... Uh, I, I refused to go back to it because I loved it so much yeah. as a kid. But there was the... It, it might wreck it. Yes, I know. It, oh, no, I wrecked sl- it. It's a
5: bit
1: slower than you remember.
3: Right. I,
5: the- I wrecked it by going to... I got invited by um, Annie Peacock who used to run the, you know, the Crown yeah. Casino yeah. publicity and she was like... Oh we're going to go and see Paul Hogan Would you love, like to come I'm like sure And he basically It was like a live show Where he I don't know if he couldn't be Asked writing his memoir And he just started to say it out loud <laughs> And then just showed clips From the show Right And I was like Oh there's a
3: lot of bouncy boobs that, right. That's not a punchline <laughs> Right well, you know, the the, the, the sketch that has uh, stuck in my memory that I refuse to go back to because in my head it's still brilliant mm. was when he did the Indiana Jones uh, sketch and he said, what, instead of getting uh, the gold idol, it's a gold Logie and then he gets attacked by a bear and it's Humphrey. And in my head, <laughs> that's a fucking funny sketch. <laughs> I refuse to go back to it because I reckon it'll just be a lot of... Oh, yeah, oh, right. No. Uh, young Hamo was easily entertained. <laughs> and I don't want to judge Young Hamo so... <laughs> Were we, were you, was there sketch comedy that you were into as a kid, or what were you into?
5: I loved the two Ronnie's. Mm. Yes. Because they always seemed
3: like they were saying something filthy, but right. never quite. Right. And so you took that and took it one step further and actually said something yeah. filthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like the two Ronnie's if they stopped implying things. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know
3: it's Mrs. Slocum's can. LAUGHTER
5: I remember once we, Justin and I were co-hosting the shelf, and, and Will Anderson said we looked like the two Ronnies on a bender. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: the less successful two Ronnies. <laughs> uh, were, were you a fan of UK uh, produ- uh, like uh, sitcoms or comedies? Well, or? I used to
5: love Doctor Who, so I watched whatever was on before it. Right. So like you know, Kenny Everett, The Goodies, yeah. like all of that shit. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I loved Kenny Everett because he always seemed like he was saying something really revolting that right. I wasn't supposed to get.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. He which w-
5: I've kind of enjoyed. I kept, like, I always get booked for family TV shows. Like, I've done, like, you know, Celebrity Dog School and Celebrity Splash. And I thought,
3: I'm just going to be someone's Kenny Everett one day. Right. <laughs> just saying <laughs> filthy things. And it's like, I was
5: like, hey, I don't know if you can say that.
3: <laughs> it's almost like, that's why you stop doing stand-up, isn't it? So you could get... Keep getting booked on those gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, people come and see me and they go, oh, he actually just says that out loud. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> the uh, I remember uh, as a kid, uh, my friends had been over uh, to the UK and they came back and they said, you have to watch this and they put in a VHS tape. And it was nothing I'd ever heard of before. It's nothing I'd ever seen. And this was my introduction to this series. But it was the University Challenge episode of The Young Ones, oh, wow. and it's the one where Vivian sticks his head out the train, and it gets the head gets knocked off, and the body comes looking for it, and the, he's like, "You took your fucking time," and yeah. a, you know he's <laughs> kicking the head, and as a kid, that was like. You know, your brains are yeah. dribbling out of your ears. <laughs> and then you look back on it and it's not only... A, it's still funny. Like, it actually still yeah. holds up. Yeah, doesn't y- he throw a grenade down at the other team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the other team's like Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, Emma Thompson and Ben Elton. Just on a fucking sketch show. Like, what the hell is going on?
5: Do you know what? So, this was a topic on the show. And so, I read into that. And, like, Alexi Sale at the time cracked the shits that all of those people were on it. Right. Because he thought they were making this... kind. Kind of left wing, you know, really aggressive TV show, and all those guys were Cambridge footlights. Right. And he thought, oh no, you've let the you've let the establishment in. Right. And whereas Ben Elton was like, no, I was always one of those assholes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then years later, Alexi Sale and Ben Elton hadn't spoken and they finally made up. And Alexi was taken to see Ben Elton's show that was on. Like he, it was some you know, musical. I think it was the, the We Will Rock You, the right. Queen musical, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I've written this. You should come." And and he sat there and is like, "It was the worst thing I've ever seen." And I felt like this was revenge for me not talking to him for the last right. years, <laughs> making me sit through this. <laughs> I'll get back at you. So, uh, what was it about Doctor Who that appealed? Um, it was terrifying. I <laughs> so I just like. Like, this is a weird thing. Like, when you do stand-up, everyone... Like, it's one of those things people go, oh, it must be the hardest job in the world. And it's like, well, yeah, technically, it's an anxiety-riddled thing because it's like, what if everyone hates it? And I remember once uh, we went on a snow trip with, when I was doing radio and Joe Stanley and I had tried to learn to ski and we both hated it. And we're like, why are we not enjoying this? Everyone else seems to love plummeting down a hill you know, with taking their life in their hands and freaking themselves out and getting to the bottom and go, that was amazing. I'm like, yeah, we do that every day. Right. That's our job. Like, being at, like, a crazy level of adrenaline is our job. And I think that was the thing with Doctor Who. Like, my upbringing was not great and I was constantly terrified of my dad. But watching Doctor Who was like, oh, I know this is going to be frightening. Yeah, Like, this is a thing I can control. I can control when I'm having a terrib- terrible time. I can mm. control when I'm going to be scared. And it's the same thing as stand-up. It's like, oh, I'm an, I've, I suffer from anxiety, I have panic attacks, but I know when I'm on stage, like, oh, I'm controlling this. I'm in right. charge of this potentially horrific situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when everyone may hate me for talking about rimming. Um, um,
1: don't <laughs> forget... Don't forget I'm your boss yeah. and I can make you have a horrific panic attack right now. Yeah. You're fired. <coughs> wow. You, you I, don't know. I've you. rehired you. <laughs> I was going to say, like,
5: I, I got up at six o'clock this morning to work on Tom's show. So, uh, yeah, things will go horribly wrong
1: next week when we're filming <laughs> if I'm fired. I did not get up at six o'clock to work on my show. <laughs> That's why I'm the boss. Back to you, Adam. <laughs>
3: Were you a Doctor Who fan as a kid? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I, I
1: came in with John Pertwee, the yeah. James Bond Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. Loved John Pertwee. Uh, even watched a bit of Warzel Gummidge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just to check when it was going to get good. It didn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and Tom Baker was obviously... He's the, he's yeah. the Roger Moore, I feel, of <laughs> the... <laughs> And then, and then w- w- the guy from, uh, what was he the next guy after that? the Davison. Yeah, I, I was not a fan of his. Yeah. Because i would seen him on All Creatures guy. Great and Small and I'm right. like, a vet can't be Doctor Who. <laughs> right. Get fucked. <laughs> yeah. He's got to go and care for animals. He can't travel through time. <laughs> yeah. And then who turned up after him? Was it, uh, who was it after that? That Colin was Colin Baker. Baker. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, With oh, the big colourful coat. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> that's Tom Baker's brother, is it? <laughs> They even gave him curly hair and a scarf like we wouldn't notice. Oh, shit, it reminds me of Tom Baker. Get fucked, Colin Baker. <laughs> and then they did the TV show with me, uh, McGuigan. What's his name? <laughs> Paul As you can see, I haven't visited it since I was a kid. You know why? Because I'm an adult <laughs> and I watch adult shows now like Ozark and I don't reminisce about <laughs> Doctor Who unless I'm doing a podcast and trying to impress nerds in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't normally do this. It's beneath me.
3: Thirty-three thousand dollars. Remember that, <laughs> folks. <so. laughs> but yeah, I like yeah. But yeah, I did
1: like Doctor Who. Yeah, when I was a kid. And yeah, then when it finished, I stopped thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> because I grew up and matured. Yeah, and had a well-adjusted teenage years. Yeah. yeah, no, that hasn't happened for yeah. me yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> totally unrelatable on the stage at this yeah. moment. Yeah, the uh, you know when you're uh, creating stuff there's, uh, you know, you throw ideas around and mm. there's some stick, everyone gets really excited and sometimes there's ideas that you throw around and everyone says you're not allowed to do that, you don't really understand why. Uh, with the Australian Fast Bowler, was there anything that you weren't allowed to do?
1: Uh, yeah, it was at the end of the series and I, it wasn't that long after September 11, I wanted to base one in an aeroplane. <laughs> right?
3: I can't see where this has gone wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I always remembered that it was like uh, so. It's it's Superman, so he's always solving a problem. So I thought, what's the most high-stakes situation I can think of? And I thought, well, it's in an aeroplane. So I pictured you're in an aeroplane, and uh, and 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 a terrorist um, of Middle Eastern appearance. Oh dear. Uh, we don't know what country he's from. <laughs> he's not white, anyway. Um, he uh, he grabs a knife and threatens a. Flight attendant, a knife because it's PG. I thought a gun was a bit much or a a Stanley knife. (laughs) Anyway, he's got a a knife and and and, and the flight attendant's, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, who can can save us? And then the flight attendant looks down the aisle and goes, oh, look, it's the Australian fast bowler. And the Australian fast bowler has a pile of tinnies because he's trying to break Booney's record. (laughs) 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 So he, he... Big pile of tinnies, he knocks him all over, just pops his head out in the aisle. How you going? Right? <laughs> and then uh, everyone starts coping on the plane, he's <laughs> he's running down the aisle, he bowls the ball, and then um, the ball hits the terrace in the middle of the head, leaves a tiny red dot, changes him from <laughs> Muslim to Hindu, he finds in a piece, relaxes. Oh goes, Thanks, Australian fast bowler. (laughs) Anyway, the executive producer, Rove McManus, put a line through that. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) People know how to live on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much to Tom Gleeson and Anne Richard. (laughs) Thank you to Tom, Adam, Limo, Mickey D. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the live show. They were fun to record. And a big shout out to everyone in Adelaide as well. You were fantastic. You were such a good audience. And you were a lot of fun to uh, perform too. So thank you for coming out and supporting us. If you're in Sydney and would like to see my new solo show, Little Victories, at the Sydney Comedy Store on the 28th of October, head to comedy.com.au and you'll find details on how to buy tickets. If you're in Melbourne, you'll find the details for the show that is coming to the Comedy Republic on the 26th of November. My first show in Melbourne in such a long time, and hopefully some of you remember me. (laughs) It'd be nice to see you. Uh, My listeners can save money by using the discount code PODCAST, so remember to apply that. My Patreon supporters can access an even better discount, so make sure you use the correct one, Patreon people. And if you are not a Patreon supporter and you'd like to get access to super duper discounts along with bonus podcasts, scripts and more, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you will find a tier that suits you. I'll be back with more Big Squid next week. There'll be a chitter-chatter to kick off your week with Adam Richard on the Monday. And then it will be a two-part space podacy with just Rove and me. No Ben Elwood for this one, but Rove was in town and we discussed Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So if you haven't watched that in a while and you'd like to get ahead of the curve before the podcast comes out, uh, you've got uh, the whole weekend to re-watch that wonderful film. I hope you're well, I hope you're doing okay in what is a pretty challenging year, and I just need to let you know that I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast and to be in touch uh, via the socials. Look after yourselves. Until then.